0: Well, good morning. My name is Devin. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is my joy that I get to proclaim God's word to you this morning. We are in Romans 11 this morning, so you can turn there, Romans 11, beginning in verse 33. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to introduce the sermon. As followers of Jesus Christ, we live as wanderers on this earth. We live in between the curses of the fall and the full fulfillment of salvation. We live in a fallen world waiting to live in a new perfect world. We are refugees waiting to be brought home to be with our Lord and Savior. And as we wait, we live in the reality of a sinful and broken world where there are things competing for our hearts. And as we wander, it's easy to turn to these things to take the place of God in our lives. And it could be anything, whether sports, relationships, our health, our school, or our children. And these things competing for our hearts, many of them are good things that God has given to us while we wait and while we wander. But when we make them more important than God, they take us captive and we become slaves to them. And not only do we have to deal with that while we wander, we have to deal with suffering and pain and heartache and death and rejection and loss and change and the crazy things that are going on in our culture. And it's hard. Wandering on this fallen planet is straight up hard. And as we wander, it can be easy to wonder why are we here? Why are we here? Now that question could mean many things, but this morning when I asked that question, why are we here, I mean two things. I mean, what is the ultimate reason we are here on this earth? And what is the ultimate reason we are here this morning? So why are we here? The ultimate reason we are here on this earth is to worship. Worship. The ultimate reason we are here this morning gathered together is to worship. We are here to worship. So keep that in mind. We're going to look at our passage this morning, beginning in Romans eleven thirty-three, and I'm going to read through 12, verse 2. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. and does not fail. This morning we are concluding our series working through our core values. Our core values are word, multiplication, community, mercy. And this morning we're going to focus on worship. And if you've missed any of our working our way through the series, I believe that Pastor Jake has done a great job in leading us and casting vision for what we believe as a church and how we want to live And so if you've missed any of those, I encourage you to go back to our Facebook page or to our website and listen to them. They are really good. Some of them are convicting, but in a good way. And by God's grace, these core values are what we believe and what we seek to live out. And the end goal and response of all of our core values is worship. The end goal of everything that we believe and everything that we do is worship. Now, we don't want to worship willy-nilly, or we don't want to worship based on what we feel is best. It's vital that we worship God rightly. And we do that by worshiping according to His Word. Worshiping biblically is the most important thing that the church is called to do. And therefore, based on the Word of God... There are two main points that I want to focus on this morning when it comes to worship. And this is like an introduction to an introduction of an introduction to an introduction of worship. We're just going to like barely touch the surface here. There are two main things I want to focus on. First, we are here to worship God. And second, we are here to worship God together. And as we dive into this topic, I'm going to need your help this morning. Every time that I say praise the Lord, I need you to say hallelujah. I know this is like against us culturally up here, but let's practice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That was really good. I was like, I was expecting that we would have to practice again, but you guys did well. Well done. Okay. So first point this morning, we are here to worship God. We were created with the ultimate purpose to worship, and we are here this morning to worship, so then I believe it would be helpful to begin with defining what is worship. I want to start by paraphrasing Louis Giglio. Worship is our response to what we value the most. We are all worshiping all the time. Worship is about saying or living out that this person, this thing, this experience, or whatever it is, is the most important thing to me. It is the highest value of our lives. And it may be a relationship, a dream, a position, a status, a possession, a name, a job, a pleasure. It could be anything. It's that thing that you have concluded in your heart is the most important to you. And whatever is worth most to you, that is what you worship. And worship fuels all of our actions. And so it's not only what we believe, it's how we live. And this is true for everyone on planet Earth. Everyone has an altar, and every altar has a throne. So how do we know who or where or what we are worshiping? You can follow the trail of your words, your time, your feelings, your energy, your money, your allegiance. And at the end of that trail, you will find a throne. And whoever or whatever is on that throne is what is of highest value to you. And on that throne is what you worship. Now, worship, as a word, is a transitive verb. And you're saying, great, thank you, that's really helpful. What that means is, is that it's a verb that requires an object. In other words, we cannot worship nothing. We are always worshiping something. There's always something that is the object of our worship. And every moment we believe... And we live as if something is worthy of our worship. Now God created us to worship Him. And therefore, I want to make it clear this morning, that if you take anything away from this sermon, I want it to be this, that God is the only one who is worthy of our worship. God alone is the only worthy object of our worship praise the Lord. Before there was anything, there was God. And even before creation, he was worthy of worship. He created all things. He spoke and at his word, everything was created out of nothing. Every star, every blade of grass, every tree, every animal, every one of you, everything. And He is sustaining all things. He is holding all things together by the power of His Word. The earth rotates by the exact precision, by God's exact precision, to maintain life. Our hearts are in voluntary beating right now and keeping us alive by God's power. on top of that, God is the sovereign Lord over all things. He is in control of everything. There is nothing that is outside of his knowledge, his power, and his presence. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. God alone is holy, holy, holy. He is set apart from all sin, all unrighteousness, and all evil. He alone is perfect in all of His ways. And the whole earth is full of His glory. God's glory is the most important thing in the whole universe. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen? He is perfectly righteous, and He is perfectly just. And not only is He perfectly righteous and just, He is the standard by which all righteousness and justice is measured. He in Himself is perfect justice, and He will by no means clear the guilty. Vengeance is His. And God would be perfectly just if He did not save a single human soul. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And at the same time of all of this God is good and faithful and loving. He is good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon him. He is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, we could go on and on and on about the character of God. This is just a tiny snapshot, and we're like not even beginning to scratch the surface. And what we must take away from this is that God is worthy of our worship simply because of who He is. He is worth more than all the money that we can make in a lifetime. He is worth more than our marriage. He is worth more than our children. He is worth more than the degree that we can get. He is worth more than our entire life. He is worthy of our worship simply because of who He is, period. Praise the Lord. And yet, God, in His glory and in His splendor, sent Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. On the cross, the Worthy One became our worthlessness. On the cross, the Righteous One became our unrighteousness. On the cross, the Holy One became our sin, so that by faith in Christ we may be saved from His perfect justice. It is only through Jesus that we can be saved. And it is only through Jesus that we can worship God in the splendor of His holiness. Oh, worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Praise the Lord. Amen. The ultimate purpose of creation is so that we can worship God. The ultimate purpose of salvation is so that we can worship God. We are here to worship God. Okay, so I've said a lot. Putting all of this together, I think now we can get a good definition of worship. And I believe that Ligon Duncan gives us a really helpful definition. He says, Worship is declaring with our lips and with our lives that God is more important than anything else in the world to us. He is our deepest desire and His inherent worth is is beyond everything else we hold dear. And what I want you to notice in this definition is that God is the object of the worship. And notice that worship is more than just what we say with our lips. Yes, that is important. But it's more than that. It's how we live. And now when we declare with our lips and or with our lives that something is more important to us than god that is called idolatry idolatry is worshiping anything or anyone other than god brad bigney defines idolatry as anything or anyone that begins to capture our hearts minds and affections more than god and as just a little side note Brad Bigney has the best book that I've ever read on idolatry. It's called Gospel Treason. Um, I would highly recommend it. That's uh, just a side note. But if worshiping God is the most important reason that we are here, then idolatry must be the most grievous sin in the eyes of God. And on top of that, the biggest challenge for the church in the world is idolatry not atheism. Idolatry abounds in the majority of the world's population. And if the church is fostering idolatry, then we are shooting ourselves in the foot. If we are worshiping idols and promoting idolatry, then we are hindering the gospel and we are hindering the mission of God. And so we must be aware of our idols And we must live a lifestyle of repentance, turning away from our idols daily so that we can worship the only one worthy of worship, and that is God. According to what you say with your lips, is God more important than anything else in the world to you? According to how you live your life, is God more important than anything else in the world to you? Is there a difference between what you declare with your lips and what you declare with how you live? You see, it's so easy for us to say that God is most important for us and then live for the world. We want to serve our appetite for making money and worship God, as just one example. But let Jesus' warning in Matthew 6 ring clear for us. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. And I believe by implication you cannot serve God and anything else. Now, as I was wrestling through this in my own heart this week, um, I definitely have a lot of idols, but I just want to share with you a few of them. Um, The idols that I'm wrestling with, like this last week, um, fantasy football is one of them. And that seems trivial, but when my heart and my emotions and my happiness get wrapped up in how good my fantasy team is doing or I get super frustrated because of a fantasy football league, that's showing that something is wrong. Now I also struggle um, idolizing my two-year-old son Emmett, who, I mean, he's just the sweetest kid in the world. But when I make him the ultimate object of my joy, my heart is going to be disappointed. And then the most complicated idol um, is my health. Many of you know that I've struggled with chronic illness for about seven years now. And this is the weirdest idol for me because I can find my identity in being sick. But I can also find hope or I want hope in being healed. And you can see where that goes wrong. My identity is not in my illness And so I'm actually scared to death about being healed because I might lose my identity. And so you can see these things. These are just a few examples of things where you find your identity, where you find your hope in, where you find your joy in, what you get frustrated about. Those are questions that can help you answer where your idols are at. This earth is not our home. We are wanderers waiting to be brought home. And as we wander, let us worship the only one who is worthy of our worship. As we wander, let us worship God. So the application here is easy to say, but harder to do. Make worshiping God the priority in your life, because it is the reason why we are here. We are here to worship God. And not only that, we are here to worship God together. So second point this morning, we are here to worship God together. We are here to worship God, as we looked at in our definition by Ligon Duncan, by declaring with our lips and with our lives that God is more important than anything else in the world to us. Now there are two ways that we can think about worshiping God. Worshiping God in all of life and corporate worship. We're going to look at both of these, but let's start with worshiping God in all of life. We are called as created beings to worship God every moment of every day. He is worthy of our worship every moment of every day because of who He is and because of what He has done for us in Christ. Romans 12.1, I read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again actually in the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul is talking about worship in all of life here. Worshiping God every second of every day. And the sacrifice here is referring to us being living sacrifices. This is a call to a way of life in the context. It's a lifestyle of worship. It's a call to worship God in everything that we do. Now, how can we do this? We can worship God every moment of every day by being transformed by the renewal of our minds so that we may know what the will of God is. We need to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, so that we can truly and properly worship God. And we do this through the worship-arousing Word of God, the Bible. Our worship will increase in direct proportion to the growth of our understanding of and the faith in our object of worship. The more that we read and study and meditate and pray and sing the Word, the more that our understanding of God will conform to reality. And the more that our understanding of God is conformed to reality, the more that our worship of Him will be fanned into flame. And when we read, pray, and sing God's Word, our minds are renewed and our hearts are transformed. And this is why it is vital that we read pray, and sing God's word every single day. And this is what is called private or personal worship. Some people call this personal devotions, or I've heard people call it Jesus time. Whatever you call it, our personal worship time will fuel us so that we can worship God in all that we do. It's like filling up your car with gas so that you can go on a long trip. Our personal worship time will fill us up so that we can worship God in all of life. Our personal worship time will fill us up to worship God in the amazing moments, in the mundane moments, and the really hard moments. Our personal worship time will fill us up so that we can worship God in all that we do, so that whether we eat or drink, we do everything to the glory of God. Now, on top of personal worship, I want to make a plug for family worship. For those of you who are married and or have children, family worship is vitally important because the family is God's divinely appointed small group discipleship program. The family is the first place that God appointed for the teaching and learning about God and godliness. And so let me encourage you as a family to read, pray, and sing Scripture together. And this family worship time will fill you up so that you as a family can worship God in all that you do. And remember, this is why we are here. We are here to worship God. Now, just as a personal example, this is not um, the best way or the perfect way to do it. But how we do it as a family is every evening that we are home, in time to do this, we sing a hymn together, we read scripture together, we pray together, and now that my son is getting old enough, we actually read something um, that's more geared towards his age. Um, so right now we're, we're reading the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, and we've had friends when they're over during that time. We still do our family worship time when we have friends visiting. Mitch and Abby have been a part of that, because we're welcoming them into our family so that we can worship But there's many different ways that you can do it. You need to do what works best for your family. But let me encourage you, let me challenge you to make family worship a priority in your family. Because if you don't, your kids will know what you prioritize. And so things that seem tiny, like a fantasy football idolatry, it's not so tiny when my sons grow up to learn to treasure football more than Christ. That's a big deal. That's a scary deal. So again, let me encourage you to make family worship and worshiping God the priority in your family. So there are two ways that we're thinking about worship. We just covered worship in all of life, and now we're going to cover corporate worship. Worshiping in all of life prepares you for corporate worship, and corporate worship prepares you for worship in all of life. We need both. When I say corporate worship, I mean the worship that we do on Sunday mornings when we gather together. This is what we are doing right here, right now. We are worshiping God together in corporate worship. And the most important reason we are here this morning is to worship God together. There are other good reasons why we gather together, but the most important one is to worship God. We read Psalm 100 as our call to worship. In verse 2, there is a command to come into God's presence with singing. This is not an individual command. It's a community command. It's a command to gather together with the people of God and come into the presence of God and sing praises to Him. Same with Psalm two, as another example where it says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Again, this is not an individual Command. This is a group command. It's a community command to gather together to worship our great God. And we see this over and over and over again, not only in the Psalms, but over all of Scripture. Throughout Scripture, corporate worship is more important than private worship. Throughout Scripture, corporate worship is one of the most important priorities of God's people. This is why the Puritans called Sunday worship... The market day of the soul. Now in the 17th century, the market day only occurred once a week. So you had one day in the week where you could go and get your groceries and everything that you needed for that week. And you needed to make sure that you got what you needed to sustain you for that whole week. And when we gather on Sundays, we are stocking up so that we will be sustained for the rest of the week. This is the market day of our soul so that we can better worship God in all of life. This is where we gather together as a church family to sing praises to God together. This is where we gather together to profess what we believe together and to be reminded together of how glorious and gracious our great God is. This is where we gather together to be reminded that it's not just me in Jesus. It's us in Jesus. This is where we gather together to confess together that, Lord, we, not me, we need you. And it breaks my heart that in America, American Christians don't prioritize corporate worship. And it's no wonder that our worship of God in all of life is a struggle when we treat corporate worship as trivial. But I think what's even sadder to me is that we don't understand the importance of corporate worship because we've never been taught it. I'm not going to do a poll right now, but I would be so interested to know how many of you have spent years and years coming together on Sunday mornings to worship God and have never been taught the importance of it. Or if you have, maybe you, you've been taught it once or twice. That is on us. And so for that, I sincerely apologize. But I want to make it clear to you this morning the importance of corporate worship. And I want to lovingly challenge you to make corporate worship a priority in your life. Even if that means that it's online for this season. Or maybe that means that you gather with two or three or even more friends to watch the live stream together. Make corporate worship a priority in your life because it's the most important thing that we are called to do as believers. It's what everything is pointing to. When I get to the new creation, it's not going to just be me and Jesus for all of eternity. It's going to be us in Jesus. And the picture that we get in Revelation is of corporate worship. It's that we will all be gathered together around the throne of Christ. People from every tribe, language, people, and nation. We will be gathered together worshiping the Lamb who was slain. And we will be singing together, Worthy are you, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed. We will be singing together with all of the redeemed creation. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. We'll be gathered together singing and praising God to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Now, hallelujah is the perfect place to conclude. Because hallelujah is a Hebrew word. It's not an English word. It's a Hebrew word, and it literally means praise the Lord. It's a command to praise the Lord. But it's not just an individual command. It's a plural form. Hallelujah literally means you all praise the Lord. It means all of y'all gather together to praise the Lord. And you know what's amazing? Today, all around the world, there are people from every tribe, language, people, and nation gathering together with their church family Worshiping God. There are millions and millions of people gathering together to sing a Hebrew word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was hoping for a little bit more excitement on that one. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Corporate worship is a small taste of what's to come. And this small taste of the new creation and of worshiping our great God, sustains us through the rest of the week so that we can worship God in all that we do. Because it causes us together to take our minds and our hearts off of ourselves and to place it on the only one who is worthy of our worship. Corporate worship prepares you for worship in all of life. And worship in all of life prepares you for corporate worship. And we were created and we were saved to do both. We need both. Because this earth is not our home. We are wanderers waiting to be brought home. And as we wander, let us worship the only one who is worthy of worship. As we wander, let us worship God together. Because that is why we are here. Let's pray. Oh God, words cannot describe your worthiness. And yet, by your grace, you have given us your word so that we know who you are, so that we know how worthy you are of our worship, and so that we know how we may be saved We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that through Christ, you give us hearts to make worshiping you in all of our lives and corporate worship the priority in our lives because you are worthy of our worship. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.